It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the sports, sports Rush with, with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The It is Adam Lundy spinning the tunes for us on this Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump and Adam Lundy. DJ, you got to have a DJ name. DJ Alon. You know, I actually was a DJ, if you remember. No, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I had the name, too. Yeah, I know. We, We both had clubs jumping. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right, so in fact, what's funny is you go back and this song was like popular at the time <laughs> I was getting the club jumping. Believe it or not, you were singing this during our commercial break, so that's why yeah, I, I went. Yeah, I always break into song with Whitney. <laughs> Whitney! Got a uh, big hour on the way, including the voice of the Purdue Boilermakers, Rob Blackman, who's going to join us in about 15 minutes or so. Hey, you know what? It is Tuesday. I am anxious to play. I'm on a win streak. So let's go ahead and see if we've got a caller waiting to play us in Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. And it is not caller one, it is caller number two that is going to get the chance to play today. Caller number two, 260-447-8500. And, of course, you'll be playing for that large pizza from Pizza Hut, your Fort Wayne area Pizza Hut restaurants. That is caller number two at 260-447-8500. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting. You look at the three teams that are heading off to semi-state. I thought about this. It may be the three most successful girls programs we have in our area that are heading to this year's semi-state. For Bishop Lures, they have collected 22 overall sectional titles, 13 regional titles, even six state titles. Now, when you compare that with the other two teams heading off to semi-states this week, Homestead, they've got 18 sectional titles, five regionals, and one state title. And Norwell has 17 sectional titles, five regionals, and zero state titles. Now, somebody might say, okay, those all sound real impressive, but how do they compare against some of the other solid girls programs in our area? Well, once again, Lures with 22 championships, sectional championships, Norwell with 17, Homestead with 18. Here's some others. Concordia, all those great years under Coach Dave Miller, they've got 11. Garrett, uh, they've had a great run with girls basketball. They've got 15, still short of all three of the teams heading to semi-state this week. Snyder, who got knocked out. Okay, they're behind. They've got 16 sectional titles, one behind Norwell, two behind Homestead, and six behind Lures. And then Northrop, who had the great run under Coach Dave Riley, uh, they have 11 sectional titles in their history. So 
I think the argument could be made. It's the three most successful girls basketball programs in Northeast Indiana that are heading to semi-state this week. And reminder that we will have coverage of Norwell versus Hamilton Heights coming up Saturday at 10 a.m. right after talking sports here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. High school basketball coverage presented by Parkview Sports Medicine. All right, we are ready to do it on a Tuesday. It is time for Time Capsule Trivia. Who we got on the phone line today? Andrew. Hey, Andrew, are you ready to go? Yes, sir. You know the rules, right? Absolutely. Okay, always got to ask, have you played before? Yes. And we what? are we are one, one, and one Whoa. against each other. One, <laughs> one, and one. All oh, right. man, somebody's got some bragging rights after this one, huh? <laughs> let's, let's get into it. All right, let's go. It's time for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia on the Sports Rush. All right, all right. Let's get into clue number one here. Joe Runyon won this year's Iditarod race with lead dogs Rambo and Furlan. Andrew, it's your choice to either take a stab at this or pass it to me. I'll take a crack at it. Let's go 1989. Whoa, wait. Whoa. What? 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 <laughs> he got it. What? <laughs> I did a Rod fan here on the line. <laughs> wait a minute. Joe Runyon. One this year's I did a rod race, my man. Can I just, for practice sake, can I go ahead and just throw out a clue and you can buzz me? Because yeah. I don't feel right. I didn't even get a buzz. 2009. <laughs> oh, there you go, man. Geez, what a disappointment. Unbelievable performance by Andrew today. Oh, wow. Didn't even give me a shot. Like uh, Mahomes in the fourth quarter, baby. Yeah. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew's been doing his homework, preparing for all these obsolete sports. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Congratulations, right. Andrew. Just for that amazing effort, you still only get a large pizza to pizza. We've got no other price to offer. If there I was one, it. if there was one, I'd pass it along. But great job today. You now have bragging rights. Hang on the line. Adam's got to get your info to get you your large pizza. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Adam, I would make you repeat the rest, but I, you can save those for another day. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, because, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you the top song for this for this year. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me think if I yeah. can come up with a top song. All right. Um, who was the artist? Chicago. Uh, that's Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> In 1989. In 89. Uh, boy, I. Uh, Hard to say I'm sorry? It is not hard to say I'm sorry. What is the actual title of the Chicago song? Look Away by oh. Chicago. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I would sing that, but I'm not going to You've already that uh, Peter <laughs> You've already heard our listeners uh, enough with that I, awful I, performance. I, I, I don't think I can I can sing. I, I mean, I'm not in the mood right now, Adam. <laughs> Fair enough. I Fair got enough. beat without even making a guess. Uh, Unbelievable. That's like the regular season OT rules. You didn't even have yeah, a chance with the Yes, book. exactly. <laughs> I didn't even get my possession. 
Unbelievable. All right. So uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Rob Blackman. I'll try to pick it up and, and have something positive to say to Rob Blackman when he joins us coming up in just a couple. Hey, don't forget Christopher James menswear. Guys, you want to look your best. And now you're starting to get all prepared for spring. Maybe you've got a golf trip planned or some other great sp- spring event. Maybe there's some kind of an awards ceremony that you've got to go to where you've got to dress your best. Go to Christopher James Menswear. Trust me, I've gone to department stores over and over again. And finally, I got the courage to walk into Christopher James Menswear. I thought, it's going to cost me too much. And when I walked in and saw the fabrics, the styles, the fashions, name brand designers, I realized, number one, it's worth the money. And number two, it was less than I thought it was going to be. And it's like, you know what? I can justify this. I'm not wearing suits every day anymore. I used to pay for, you know, a $250 suit, a $250 suit. You can figure out how much you got wrapped up in your clothing just to get through a week. And now I get one nice suit and I can put it on whenever I have that special event. And uh, and I get that suit at Christopher James Menswear. You can experience a difference by going to Christopher James Mensworth. You'll notice just, first of all, just the way they treat you. It's personalized service from a very good eligible eligible knowledgeable staff at christopher james menswear go check them out and dress your best for success that's christopher james menswear they're coming to plaza on west jefferson just a block west of getz welcome back to the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett rump along with adam lundy and a reminder coming up at six o'clock it is in the mastodon's coaches show presented by diamond residential mortgage broadcasting live from the holiday inn purdue fort wayne right across the street from the memorial coliseum we're going to have a plethora of coaches tonight in fact we'll have uh, assistant Pat Lepper. We'll have women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano. We're going to have a couple of basketball players, including Jalen Jackson. And we're going to be talking to uh, men's basketball coach John Kaufman, who will sneak in for a few, and Rock Parat, men's volleyball coach. How do we fit it all into an hour? That's going to be a great question. I'm going to have to be a maestro of the band tonight because I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to get it all into a power hour from 6 to 7 right here at 1380 The Fan. And 100.9 FM. Had a chance last night to listen to the Purdue Boilermakers. Well, they call it the Matt Painter Show. But one guy was missing, and his name's on the show. Matt Painter, not there. But Rob Blackman was, and so he joins us now to talk a little bit about Purdue basketball. And, of course, the big win, second of the year against the Indiana Hoosiers. Rob, how are you? Uh, good. Thank you for making a mention of that, Brett, because actually that's two shows in a row coaches missed. And uh, last week, I petitioned we changed the name of the show to the Rob Blackman Show. But <laughs> I like the, it. Excellent <laughs> idea. I mean, hey, if I'm the one guy that's going to show up every week, I mean, <laughs> that's right. On, but... That's right. You earned <laughs> yeah. the title. You've earned it. Uh, I like yeah. it. The Rob Blackman Show with special guest Matt Painter. When he chooses, exactly. when he chooses exactly. to show up, uh, no, actually, you know, it's always entertaining to get a perspective from the assistants at times. I know uh, we're going to have an assistant on tonight. We had an assistant last week with the Mastodon's coaches show, and uh, you know, one thing is you, you get to learn a little bit about what it is that makes an assistant coach because that's that is a difficult job sometimes. Uh, you know, you're the one responsible to put together the game plans, and you're. Your boss either likes it, doesn't like it. It either works or fails. Your job on the line every time it does. Uh, that's not always easy to be an assistant. So I love to get the perspective of how the assistants not only prepare for the game, but then how they see the game differently. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I joke around about Coach Painter not being there, but I agree. It uh, it really is at times a breath, a breath of fresh air just to hear that different perspective in what, you know, what those guys are thinking about uh, that don't sit uh, at the first seat on the bench. Uh, and last night we were fortunate in that we had two assistant coaches join us, uh, including P.J. Thompson, who I really enjoyed listening to his perspective because, you know, he's only 27 years old. Uh, he is the offensive coordinator for the number one offense in the country, and the Purdue Boilermakers. And more importantly, he played for Coach Painter. He was a point guard for Coach Painter. He he won a lot of games while playing for Coach Painter and won a Big Ten championship. So it's really, really interesting. I felt to get his perspective as a young up and comer in the business uh, who not who not only is really having a lot of success in his own right. But again, as working for the guy that he played for, it was just really, really interesting to get his perspective. How responsible is he on the development of Braden Smith? Yeah, great question, and I uh, and I actually asked that question myself, Brett. So maybe that's why it's a great question. I stole it. I stole it from you, Rob. Now I'm stealing <laughs> from the Rob Blackman show. It was. It was. It was really interesting to hear his perspective because, as he said, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the quote a little bit here. So this is obviously a paraphrase, but he said, "Look, one thing I have not taught uh, Braden is how you can throw the ball across the court through four defenders <laughs> and hit the open, hit the open shooter perfectly in the shooting pocket." He said, "That's just, that's just hard work and some natural God-given talent." As PJ said, "I have nothing to do with that, but what I can do." And what I feel like I've done a good job with him is teaching him how to be a better decision maker, especially in high ball screen offense, which when I stopped to think about it, driving home after the show last night, he was exactly right. You know, if there's one area that Braden Smith struggled with last year and understandable, he was a true freshman, was decision making, especially in that high ball screen offense with Zach E. Uh, that has not been a concern this year. Uh, we saw that game against Indiana where he comes off that high ball screen, he sees that lane is open, and he just drives the ball right down the paint for an easy layup. We've also seen him this year where the defense chooses to play drop coverage, goes underneath the screen, and he just rises up and shoots a three-pointer and makes it. So I did think that was interesting that for P.J. to really differentiate between, you know, hey, look, look, some of this is just God-given talent that there's no coaching involved. He either has it or he doesn't. But there are some things that I can help him with, and he also talked about the fact that it wasn't that long ago that he was running this same offense. You know, he was he was the point guard, so he can. He's only, as I said, he's only 27 years old, so he can relate uh, quite well to Braden Smith. So it was again really just interesting to get his perspective on it. When uh, when you look at that Purdue Indiana game, I thought that was one of the key matchups. Was Braden Smith matched up against Gabe Cups because I felt like Gabe Cups was the typical Purdue freshman from a year ago, a talented player who just doesn't have that same experience that you've got now with Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. Yeah, I would agree, Brett. I I, I I didn't say this on the radio, but I was certainly thinking the same thing. He he looks like a Purdue guy, and it, it's kind of how he plays. It, he just kind of fits that mold. He's almost Braden Smith 2.0, obviously, without the experience and being a year younger. And in a lot of ways, he's, he's having to struggle like Braden had to do last year, now thrust in the starting lineup. Uh, with the with the uh, injury to Xavier Johnson, you know he's now having to play a bunch of minutes as their true point guard, and he's probably not ready for it. But you know, Braden Smith might not have been ready for it either last year. That's just kind of how it works. Uh, you uh, you hate the fact that they're having a tough year as a freshman, but you relish the fact they're going to be a heck of a lot better for this experience down the road. 
but yeah, that was uh, that that did feel like uh, kind of Braden Smith of last year against Braden Smith of this year. I I totally agree with that. Talking to Rob Blackman, voice of the Purdue Boilermakers men's basketball team. And, of course, we've got your Purdue coverage right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. I want to talk officiating because it seems like every Purdue game, if you go to social media, it's one of the big topics of discussion, how the game is being officiated. And there's been a little bit of a shift, uh, and you've been around long enough to see it, where there used to be a core group of guys that were your, quote, Big Ten officials, and pretty much the same guys showed up every game. And so they got very familiar with the players. Things have changed now with the way officials are scheduled, and there's kind of a rotation. Guys will pop in from the ACC. You'll get guys that jump in from uh, the SEC or from the Big 12, and you never really have that, that group that exclusively does the Big Ten. Now, there's still, obviously a core group of guys that do more Big Ten games than anybody else. But have you seen any effect? Because Zach Eady clearly is one of those guys where there's no easy way to officiate him. Have you seen any inconsistency because of that, where guys kind of struggle to figure out what you call, what you don't call? Uh, It's just a difficult situation, I think, for an official. And I don't know if there's a way to win with social media if you're the official in that situation. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, it's funny because as you watch the game, Brett, you you do feel like there are inconsistencies, specifically with the guys you're talking about that you don't see on a regular basis. And you are you hit the nail on the head. It is no longer officials just working one conference. Uh, it is not uncommon to see an official work, uh, say, a Purdue game on a Wednesday, and then you turn on the television Thursday and they're working a Big 12 game. Uh, or a Missouri Valley Conference game. Um, so you're all right. They, these guys bounce around from, from conference to conference now. But, yes, when you, we'll have certain guys that show up to do our games that we have not seen either the entire year or maybe have only seen once or twice, and we might have seen them in, say, Honolulu for, the, for that Maui tournament we had in November. Uh, and there is some inconsistency there. But even as I say that, Brett, in a little way, Actually, in a lot of way, I'm being a little hypocritical, a lot hypocritical, because if you look at the numbers on Zach Eady and you look just at fouls called against, uh, he averages about nine fouls called against uh, the opponent fouling him per game. Uh, and you look at the Indiana game on Saturday, 10 fouls committed against Zach Eady, which is just about the right number uh, for, the, for the percentages. So even seeing guys that you don't typically see uh, game in, game out, it does still seem to just average out that just about every game you can write it in the scorebook that Zach's going to be fouled nine times. Now, when I say fouled nine times, nine fouls called where they were actually yeah. fouls that got called. There were numerous other times they probably didn't get called. But, yeah, the, even for the inconsistency we see from, from the game to game, uh, the fact of the matter is if you just want to look at the hard numbers, like I said, it's it's pretty much right on every single game. The nine fouls called against Zach Eady. That's that's almost always the number. Has Zach Eady earned the green light from Coach Painter now beyond the arc? <laughs> I, so we asked PJ last night on the show. We said, now, did you run an offensive play for that? Uh, and he said, no, although Zach was actually begging me earlier in the game when the game started to get out of hand to run a play for him to shoot a three. <laughs> he said, we did not, for the record, we did not run a play for him. That was actually in transition uh, where he picked and popped and shot it. So that was that was not a play specifically for him. But again, to clear the air and to clear the record, P.J. did uh, clarify that earlier in the game, 
uh, Zach was begging PJ to run a play for him to <laughs> shoot a three. So it sounded to me like he was shooting a three, Brett, no matter what. Yeah, come, I, come hell or high water, he was shooting a three on Saturday night. Well, and I can tell you this, uh, watching Matt playback, uh, he he went and I think if I remember correctly, he set a screen and then I think Smith kind of crossed over and went the other way. So he reset the screen. But in both cases, he wasn't turning to roll to the basket. It was almost <laughs> like right. he was determined. Yeah. It was pick and pop time, not pick and roll time. <laughs> and he was going to get outside that arc where he knew there was some space to launch one up. Now, he did bank it. Uh, you know, yeah. how, how much, how much, how much does he have to pay to the kangaroo court for that bank shot? I thought the best comment was in the post game press conference when coach painter said that he missed it so badly that it actually went in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, Zach, now Zach doesn't care. He can at least say he made a three in his yeah. career, but it certainly was not a thing of beauty. That is for sure. Um, you know what? They're always beautiful when they go in, Rob. Especially when you got a guy that big shooting him. But uh, that was a lot of fun. All right, so Purdue right now, uh, getting down to kind of this final run, everybody has been saying all season, and I think this was a lesson learned by a lot of Purdue fans, we're not going to get too excited about this team till we see it in the tournament. Uh, where is Purdue at right now as far as where they're, where they're prepared for this stretch run, and prepared to go into the tournament and have postseason success? Well, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, so we can only judge on what we've seen to this point. Uh, but it would be very difficult to argue that Purdue has not done everything in its power uh, to put itself in a great position. Um, 15 quad one plus quad two wins. No one else in the country has more than 13 uh, Eight quad one wins. No one else in the country has a number even close to that. And seven of those, Brett, uh, have come away from Mackey Arena. Uh, so you add that uh, into the fact that Purdue has played the number one strength of schedule. I think that's the part that gets lost on a lot of folks. Purdue is twenty three and two. Uh, I beg your pardon, twenty two and two on the year, and they played the number one strength of schedule. Now that is very rare. If you play the toughest schedule in the country and you've ripped off 22 wins and 24 tries. And keep in mind, one of those losses was an overtime loss. It could have gone either way. Um, so as far as doing everything in your power to put you in a perfect, in, a, in, a, in a, as near perfect position as you can be in going into the tournament, I really don't know what else Purdue could do. Now, look, there are still seven games left in the regular season. I understand that. And I suppose crazier things have happened. But I, it would have to really be something crazy. Uh, for this thing to go sideways at this point, I, you know, my old, my old broadcast partner Larry Clisby, uh, God rest his beautiful soul. He used to, one of his fam- uh, more famous sayings was, and he I would always emphasize this to me, is that hey, you just have to uh, wait till you get ten games into the season. He was always say, once you're ten games in, you, you know your ball club. In other words, you know if you're going to be a thirty five percent three point shooting team. Uh, 10 games in. You know if you're going to be a good rebounding team. You know if you're going to be a good free throw shooting team. Once you're 10 games in, you get that figured out. Um, there, and there will be outliers, as he would like to say, in a game here or there, but that, that's your team. 10 games in, that's your team. Well, Purdue's now 24 games into the season. Uh, they're top five in the country in three-point shooting percentage, top 15 in the country in scoring. Uh, as I said, they've 15 quad one and two wins against the number one uh, toughest schedule in the country. I'm just not sure what else there is to do at this point other than other than now, of course, 
uh, do what everyone is clamoring for, and that is to translate all of this success that's happened to this point into March and, and make a deep run in the tournament. Does Matt Painter ever worry about complacency? Because if there was ever a spot for a team to have some complacency with that difficult schedule like you talked about, they I mean, they've played some big games against some big-time opponents, and now you look at the schedule, and it's not exactly Glamourville for the Purdue Boilermakers with Minnesota, yeah. Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan, the next four up. How do you avoid that letdown? Yeah, that is a wonderful point because you're right. There have been so many difficult games to this point uh, that if we're all just being realistic and as object- objective as possible, you are exactly right. These next four games aren't real sexy on that calendar. Uh, but I do think the one thing Matt has going for him, and he has talked about this before, is that he has a deep team. He really has 10 guys that he feels comfortable playing in a regular rotation. Uh, so that is very helpful if you have a guy who maybe isn't quite as, uh, let's say, mentally or emotionally locked in as he should be. Uh, he is replaceable. Now, Zach Eady might be the only guy that uh, doesn't fit that narrative. But you have another nine guys that you can play at any point in the ball game. Uh, so I think that helps against that complacency, knowing that, uh, yes, you may have had a good season to this point, but they're certainly capable, others capable of coming off the bench. And the other thing, quite frankly, Brett, let's be very honest, all he has to do is, is remind this team of what happened last year against Fairley Dickinson. Um, it, to me, there could be no greater motivator than that uh, if you want to keep your team on edge. And then I'll just pop in that tape from that FDU game, uh, and if that can't motivate you, then I don't think anything can. I don't know. That tape might have been burned a long time ago if I'm Coach Painter. <laughs> yeah, that might be. That might be. <laughs> hey, we've got your Purdue coverage coming up on Thursday. Boilermakers take on the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and it's going to be a game at Mackey Arena on a Minnesota schedule because they won't get started till 8.30, so 7.30 will be the pregame here on the radio. And looking ahead to the weekend, the the uh, Boilermakers will take on the Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus with a 1 o'clock Sunday start, 12 o'clock, the pregame show. And don't forget the Rob Blackman Show right here on 1380 <laughs> The Fan every Monday at 6.05 with special guest Matt Painter. How do you like that, Rob? <laughs> Let's uh, make sure we record that. <laughs> All right. Hey, always appreciate the time. Look forward to the call on Thursday. Absolutely, Brett. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That is Rob Blackman joining us here on the Sports Rush guest line. And I guess we gave you all the promos, when to listen, uh, when to check out uh, the Pretty Boilermakers, who right now number two in the country, betraying only number one UConn. we got to take a time out. We're going to come back. Hey, you know what? Forget about the quarterback debate. Everybody wants to know, where is Patrick Mahomes now all time? We even brought it up yesterday on the show. Heck with quarterback. We're going to ask about a different position, and we'll do that when we come back. It's a sports rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Back on the sports rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy, and uh, beautiful Tuesday. We're going to be broadcasting from the Holiday in Purdue, Fort Wayne, coming up at the top of the hour. Join us for the Mastodon's Coaches Show. So Sunday, the big talk was about Patrick Mahomes, his performance, picking up another MVP award, picking up another championship, and where that moves him on the rung of all-time great quarterbacks. And so much focus is always put on the quarterback position. But I've got another question. Nine catches for a tight end who's had a pretty spectacular career up to this point, and it's going to continue because he's already announced he's coming back next season. Where do you put 
Travis Kelsey among all-time tight ends in the National Football League. You know, too often we're ranking these guys like uh, quarterbacks, but, hey, I'll tell you what, has Travis Kelsey taken over as the best ever to play the position? Is there an argument for someone else? I mean, uh, you know, there were some greats that played tight end. But if you had Rob Gronkowski in his prime versus Travis Kelsey in his prime, who are you taking? Because I think Travis Kelsey is just a more athletic version of Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a close debate between Gronk and Kelsey. But I, I think it also, it do we talk about benefiting from a system at all or just? I, I don't. I mean, clearly, both players had great quarterbacks. Okay, and that that helps. I mean, you know, because Hiddle, for instance, was almost a no-show in the Super Bowl. Right. And some of that is Brock Purdy didn't seem to find his biggest weapons. Now, is that a Brock Purdy problem? Is that an offense coordinator? Is that a Shanahan? Who do you blame for the 49ers not getting it to their best playmakers often enough? But but I look at, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey. First of all, he demands the ball. Oh, yeah. He demands the ball, and we saw that with Andy Reid. Whether you liked it or didn't, and I didn't, the way he handled it, the point is he has great confidence in himself and getting open, and he wants to have the ball when he gets open. And that's what great players do. They want to make plays. They want to have an impact. And when they're working their tail off to get separation and they're able to get open, they want to be sure that the coach and the quarterback know, hey, Get me the ball. I can make a play here. And um, and so I look at Kelsey, and I think, you know, first of all, you, you look at his resume and you look at the number of catches, the number of big games and performances he's had in those big games, uh, the hot international superstar girlfriend. That doesn't hurt, does it? <laughs> I don't know if you count that in the ranking of tight end, but I got to certainly give him some credit for it. But you know, there's been great quarterbacks over the years. Kellen Winslow, uh, Antonio Gates. Um, geez, I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost drawing a blank uh, when I start thinking of tight ends in the history of the NFL. Some that are brought up pretty often are uh, Tony Gonzalez. Oh, Tony uh, Gonzalez. That's the other one. I was thinking about him when I was actually writing up about the comparison between Gronk. Because I thought if you took all the best of Gronk and all the best of Gonzalez and mold them together, you end up with Travis Kelsey. And yeah. somebody is going to complain about that on the text line. Go ahead, fire away. 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. But I do believe that uh, that Kelsey is very close to earning the title, the best ever to play that position. He's definitely up there. Definitely, he, definitely. I mean, name another tight end who could go in and be a blocking tight end in the running game. And he's a solid blocker that he can line up at the regular tight end position and own the middle of the field. And then depending on matchups and type of defensive scheme, they'll put him out wide to isolate him against the safety, and he can beat the safety. I mean, you know, you don't see a lot of tight ends with that kind of versatility. Uh, oh, and the other thing, remember, he also, because they don't use the the tush-push in Kansas City, he's also lined up behind center and taken the quarterback sneak, if you remember, where he moved in motion and then planted under the under the center and took the direct snap for a quarterback sneak. So he's very versatile, can do a lot of things to hurt you, can impact games and, and move the chains. Um, and another thing that about Kelsey is that he also just 
takes it a step higher in the postseason, I think. I mean, he has the most catches in NFL playoff history, uh, second most receiving yards in NFL playoff history, and second most receiving touchdowns, uh, trailing only Jerry Rice in those two categories. You know, that's a good point. That's a very good point, that he seems to elevate his game when the game means more. And, uh, and it's not that he takes games off. But, no. but there are certain times where he not, might not be the focal point, but when it comes to playoff games, he will make himself the focal point. And that's really, that's how you win in the playoffs. Your best players make plays. And it happens for Kansas City time and time again, and that's why you see Kansas City holding up the Lombardi Trophy in the trophy ceremony from the, the stage out on the field with the confetti falling down. <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, it's hard-pressed to find another tight end, uh, even with still some more career to go, that has performed as well as Travis Kelsey's performed. And I don't think we've we've even heard anybody talking about the tight end position and his ranking among all-time great tight ends, but he's right up there. Tony Gonzalez is, is one of those guys that I think has been considered to be among the best ever. And I, if you gave me Gonzalez versus Kelsey... I probably would would at this point say there's more versatility. You get more out of, of Kelsey, especially in the big game. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Tell us what you think. Uh, also, coming up tonight, by the way, I'm, I'm heading out of here in just a few, taking the uh, Sports Rush Chopper, the official Sports Rush Chopper, out to the Holiday Inn, Purdue-Fort Wayne, right across from the Memorial Coliseum. And most people in town, and I didn't know this until we started doing the coaches show out there, that the Holiday Inn Purdue Fort Wayne actually has a full-service restaurant inside. Yeah. And it's open to the public. So you can just stop on in, swing through the big doors, the main doors, and then off to the left of the lobby, you've got the Mastodon Grill. And they've got, you know, everything from burgers to, to uh, you know, dinners, chips, wings, whatever you want. Uh, but a, a nice little menu there at the Mastodon Grill. You can check it out yourself. Six to seven tonight. We'll be there for the Mastodon's Coaches Show. But tonight, a special. I mean, we are loaded with guests. You heard me talk about this earlier. Yeah. We are going to start the show off with assistant coach Pat Lepper. And uh, Coach Lepper's been on the staff, what has it been, two, three years? And um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I lose track of time. But... Uh, but he uh, he has a special role within the staff. We'll talk about what role he has and how he prepares for games. And I know IUPUI was one of his, quote, scouts, where he's the guy putting together all the breakdown and everything that Coach Kaufman then is going to review and then present to the team. So it'll be fun to get his uh, input today or tonight. And then also we'll be joined by women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano. They're in a fight to get into one of those top positions, especially those top four positions where you get not only a bye, but you guarantee yourself a home game in the Horizon League tournament. We'll talk to her. And then how about the player lineup we've got? Jalen Jackson is going to join the show, leading the Mastodons right now in scoring. He's had 20-plus points in three straight games, and uh, he is going to join us as well as the big man, Eric Mulder. All right. Yep. Eric Mulder, all six, eight of them will be visiting the Mastodon Grill to be part of the coach's show tonight. And then we'll uh, we'll also be joined by men's basketball coach John Kaufman, who will jump in for a few. And then Rock Parade to talk men's volleyball. So, oh, busy. man, busy. 
I'm gonna have to keep you keep you in your I, in your I lines. Don't, I don't know how we do it, but somehow <laughs> we're going to have to to try to keep this show moving. So it's going to be a rocket pace. Yeah. Out at the Mastodon Grill tonight for the Mastodon's Coaches Show from six to seven o'clock, and then uh, at seven, all we've got on tap. A lot of the odd couple. <laughs> a little bit of Fox Sports well, programming. Everybody who wants to listen to the odd couple and, and you know, they we've got games generally every night. We like to bring you as many live games as we can. Tonight's sure. your night. You get the odd couple. Coming up tomorrow <laughs> night, we've got the Mastodons versus the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Greg Campy brings his squad in. On his coach's show last night, I was watching. Yeah. And he said uh he said it at the time, he still believes this after all these games. That that performance the Mastodons had in Oakland back at the beginning of December was the single best overall game ever played by an opponent in the arena, and they played there a long time. <laughs> Greg Campy's been there forty years, so he's seen plenty of basketball. Just a couple games, yeah. <laughs> and that's just how well the Mastodons played against Oakland up there in Rochester Hills. Quite an impressive 98-77 yeah. victory that day for the Dons, hoping to repeat that tomorrow night. Yep, so 7 o'clock tip at the Coliseum. Join us for our Valentine's night coverage, starting with the pregame show at 6.45. We'll take a timeout. We're going to come back. We'll put the final touches on this Tuesday edition of the Sports Rush next on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now back to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back. Final time to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Coming up tomorrow, or not tomorrow, it's actually on Thursday. I'm trying to take an extra day off. Look at that. I'm only working three days this week, and I'm trying to make it two. Coming up on Thursday, we'll have Derek Decker sitting in for me. We've got a company function that I'll be attending, so I will be out of the city and be unavailable, so Derek Decker will give you his take on sports coming up on Thursday, 4 to 6, here on the Sports Rush. And then it's a trip to Detroit on Friday for me, as the Macedons will take on Detroit Mercy, the Titans, who, uh, you know who they play tomorrow night, by the way? No, I don't. IUPUI. Ooh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I will almost guarantee a Detroit Mercy win. Ooh. Almost guarantee all right. A Detroit Mercy win. And I can do that. See, I can do that on this show, Adam, <laughs> because we've already finished up with IUPUI. So if I tick them off, they can't do anything about it. It's not bulletin board material. There you go. And then I make friends with Detroit Mercy because they're the next opponent on Saturday <laughs> after the Dons get past Oakland tomorrow night. So I make them real happy and, and giddy, and so they're all my friends. But anyway, uh, tomorrow night, that is huge. IUPUI, Detroit Mercy. Detroit Mercy goes into that game looking for their first win of the year, and I almost guarantee Detroit Mercy is going to defeat IUPUI in Detroit coming up tomorrow night. Well, I don't want to be rude, but we have already played them, so if there's any team that, that Detroit Mercy can get the win against in the Horizon League, I think it'd be IUPUI. Uh, it, you know what? It, it, going back, in fact, I was talking to someone about this earlier today. That game against IUPUI, where they came in here and beat the Mastodons, is such an anomaly. I've watched 11, 12 games for IUPUI this year, and I can tell you, they struggle with ball control. They, you know, just the basic dribbling, passing, they turn it over carelessly at times. They are not great shooters, one of the worst in the NCAA in, uh, in percentages. 
They are worst in three-point percentage. They're worst in the country in number of three-pointers made per game. And and what they do, they against the Dons, they shoot 60% from three. I mean, it was just one of those games where everything went right. It all clicked. It all gelled for a magical 40-minute run for IUPUI, and they got that win over the Mastodons. And it's still a head-scratcher. Even with that, it's still... You know, the disparity of talent between the two teams is so great. But, uh, but yeah, but I think the Dons kind of got even a little bit. As Coach Kaufman <laughs> said on the post game. this game's kind of been something the guys have been thinking about for a while. Yeah. Because they were not happy about losing to IUPUI earlier in the season. But, yeah, coming up uh, this week, the Dons with Oakland and Detroit Mercy, which normally would be a trip, right? You'd go to Oakland and Detroit on the same trip because they're only... 25, 30 minutes apart up in uh, Motor City and the suburbs. Now you have Oakland at home, then have to go on the road to play Detroit on a one-game trip. Uh, that's just the way the new Horizon Link schedule worked out. But anyway, that'll be a fun one to keep an eye on tomorrow night. We'll have coverage of Oakland and the Mastodon starting at 645. Thanks to our guests that appear on the show. Rayfield Davis, who joined us in hour number one. Rob Blackman in hour number two. And we'll be back tomorrow. Hump Day edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.